just the fact that your life can look however you want it to look, which is like another one of really the most important things, I think, when it comes to mental health and authenticity and getting into touch with what it is that you actually desire and stuff that kind of helped me see like, okay, love this job. Don't want to be at someone's beck and call all the time. Didn't feel like it served me personally for the long term. But yeah, at that time decided, okay, well, what if that's not the end goal for me? What does it look like? And it looked like my company. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. When I think back to my late 20s, uh, early 30s, when I literally felt the worst I had ever felt. At that time, I was over 30 pounds over my ideal weight, and I had energy for nobody. I was also struggling with lots of overwhelm, irritation, and anxiousness. And let me tell you, I was not nourishing my body. I ate like crap just to get through the day And my diet consisted of lots of coffee from morning until the late afternoon, sugar starting around two o'clock, going into the evening, and usually having a couple glasses of wine or a vodka soda to wind down to shut my brain down. I was on that getting by diet and it showed. I felt like crap, especially when it came to my mental health. And boy, have I come a long, long way from those days of feeling like hot garbage. It took a massive transformation to feel good again. And I'm going to be sharing a great opportunity to create that in just a moment. What is true for me today is that eating crap just isn't an option anymore if I want to function and to show up to be my best self for everyone that I love. So I want to ask, how about you? Have you ever noticed that when you have a bunch of sugar at night or you eat some fast food for dinner, you don't feel so hot the next day? Or maybe you've noticed that food impacts your energy, your mood, and your emotional state. Because once you tune in, it becomes so obvious. Now, recent studies have showed that diet can have a profound impact on our mental health conditions ranging from ADHD to depression, anxiety, sleep disorders, dementia, exhaustion, and beyond. This topic has always been fascinating to me because I believe that food is medicine and I've experienced firsthand what food can do to help support your emotional and physical well-being. I mean, I would not be here if food hadn't been my big rescue. So what if we could use food to help heal our emotional well-being? Well, the research, especially the newest research, says that we can effectively do just that. And it doesn't have to be hard at all. Now, my dear friend and fellow health food nerd, Autumn Smith, is joining me today to share the newest research on how food affects our emotional well-being and her three things that everybody needs to know about using food to love your brain and your well-being. But before we dive into this amazing conversation, I want you to know that if you are feeling pretty crappy and you are needing a full body reset, the kind of reset that will make a massive difference, not just regarding your your physical well-being, but your emotional well-being. Well, we are just a couple weeks away from our group detox starting on October 12th. Now, I know when I talk about this detox, I talk a lot about the physical benefits, the, the liver detox, the gut reset, reducing inflammation, the mitochondrial support, but I haven't really spoken to the emotional well-being. Probably one of the biggest results that we have heard from thousands of detoxers is how they feel emotionally after their 14-day detox. And even throughout, usually around day nine, day 10, there's this major aha moment like this, ah, like you, all of a sudden you feel lighter, you feel more energized, you feel more clear. You just feel like a lot of that emotional baggage has just been erased. And so one of the biggest things we hear back is not only are people sleeping better, but also they feel less anxious, they feel less tense, they feel less irritable. There's just like a freedom that happens when your body has an opportunity to do a major reset. So I wanted to just speak into it because I remember remember the time when I was eating to get by and I felt like my body was struggling. But not only that, how I showed up, how I talked to my friends and family, how I was at work, I just wasn't in a good place. I felt stuck. I felt just yucky. And I just needed something to reset me. 
Now, what I love about this program is it has, it, well, this program changed my life. I'm not going to pretend like it hasn't. It was the transformation that I needed to get my body and my mental well-being back. So if you have been feeling a little bit more blah lately and want a path to cultivate more feel-good energy, join me and the hundreds of other detoxers ready to boost their metabolism, heal their body, and reclaim their aliveness. I will have the link for the detox in the show notes, or you can go to drmisa.com slash detox, and you have plenty of time right now. We're two weeks out from the start date, and we're just going to have the most incredible time with a beautiful community cheering you on the entire way through. So now that you have my invitation to a big healing transformation, and goodness, only 14 days needed to do so, let's bring Autumn onto the show. But before I do that, I want to quickly sing her praises. Autumn Smith is the co-founder of Paleo Valley and Wild Pastures. Her passion for health began with her own struggles with IBS and anxiety. Despite a career as a professional dancer and celebrity fitness trainer, Autumn's own health was in shambles. Desperate for a cure, she and her husband, Chaz, stumbled upon the paleo diet in 2011, and within months of beginning it, her health was completely transformed. She then made it her mission to share information that she learned with as many people as possible. Then she's now the co-founder of Paleo Valley, an organic whole food supplement and paleo snack food company that prioritizes nutrient density and food quality. Let's welcome her to the show. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Autumn Smith. How are you doing today, girl? I'm doing so well and really excited to be here. You and I always have way too much fun. We have so much fun, and this is going to be such an incredible conversation. We're talking about three things we all need regarding the link between diet and mental health. And girl, you and I both know we all need to flex our empathy and compassion muscle when it comes to mental health. We seem to have no problem when someone's sick to be like, oh my God, get well, or da-da-da-da. But I don't know. I feel like us as a society, we really struggle around supporting people with mental health. But I think you and I know that we all have family, friends, even people who are listening to this show right now are probably struggling with some level of mental health issues. So I'm so excited that we're having this conversation because it's a conversation I think we all need to be having more often. Agreed. And ever since the pandemic, rates of mental health issues are literally skyrocketing. We're seeing more suicides in our young people. I honestly don't think there's a more important topic right now. So I'm just really excited to be here. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people realize how connected our diet is to our overall well-being, especially our emotional and mental well-being. And so I know you have, a, you've done the research, girl, you have dug into it. I know we're going to get into the nitty gritty of that, but before we do that, I love your story so much. I love so many parts of your story. I love that you've had such an just incredible journey leading up to this. Could you please enlighten us with what's going on with you and how you came into not only helping to support people with pure food and beauty beautiful nutrients, but also how this became your passion overall. Absolutely. Well, basically when I was 10 or 11, I started to have digestive issues and they just diagnosed me with irritable bowel syndrome, which we know now is a wastebasket diagnosis. It's kind of like, we're, we don't really know. We've ruled out different pathology. It looks like you have this, it's a stress-related condition, go take some Beano. And so that's what I did. And it didn't really help. And my life seemed unpredictable. And I would wake up in the middle of the night with debilitating pain. And, and so I just kind of continued on until high school. And then life got even more stressful, as you might imagine, teen years are so hard. And then I, we didn't know at the time, but there's this gut brain connection. And that now we know some mental health issues can start because of imbalances in the gut. And so what happened was mine just snowballed. And all of a sudden I had depression and anxiety, even um, an eating disorder. And we went to psychiatrists and I got put on antidepressants and all of the medications and they made me feel horrible. And so by that time, I just became hopeless. Like we really, my parents spared no expense and did everything they could, but there wasn't a solution. And so I took it upon myself to use substances heavily, alcohol, drugs, smoking. I smoked a pack a day. I did whatever I could just to kind of manage and try and calm myself down. And I did this until I met my husband. After I moved to LA, fortunately, I still loved dance and learning. And so I went to LA to pursue a dance career. And even though I was 
not really thriving. I was still making things happen. Got a great job as a professional fitness trainer. I was always in the fitness world, looked fit, just didn't feel good. And when my husband moved in with me, he's like, wow, like you look great. You put on a smile and you're suffering in silence. And like, it's time for us to actually address this. And the doctors in LA at the time, they didn't have anything to offer us either. So he took it upon himself to go to Dr. Google. (laughs) And he found that back in 2009, 10, people were seeing some preliminary results using diet, specifically the paleo diet to kind of help alleviate digestive issues, which was novel, a novel concept. Then we adopted the diet and in 30 days, like my digestive issues were gone. And as we continued along, I noticed my mental health got so much better. And I had this stability and peace and joy that came back to my life. And I, I didn't understand how something so simple, like a dietary intervention could lead to such profound results. So I quit my job as a fitness trainer and went back to school. I got my master's. I did, you know, several other certifications. I'm getting my doctorate right now in holistic nutrition. And, and I just decided to go into products because when I was traveling around the world, I did a world world tour at one point, I couldn't find the products that would make me able to sustain a paleo lifestyle at this time. They just weren't around. And so I wanted to be that person who could bridge the gap for anyone who wanted to take control of their health to choose products and not have to spend every moment in the kitchen. So that's how we got to Paleo Valley. I love that story so much. And two things that I really wanted to point out is one, after all of those years of really struggling, you know, with the digestive issues, getting that idiopathic diagnosis of, oh, you know, it's it's just you've got IBS, you know, or you because we don't know what's going on. It's it's an inflammation. And here is some a terrible supplement to take that's even gonna <laughs> fix this problem, right? Bino, like of all things, you're like, really? That's what you've got for me? And then, you know, your husband going online, looking at some of the preliminary research. I, I remember because in 2010, I had severe chronic fatigue and the recommendations for me was birth control and Xanax. That was what they had for my my mitochondrial dysfunction. And th- I know that in that time, we it was all very preliminary. We just weren't putting together the pieces. The crunchy, earthy, crunchy people were, but, you know, the science wasn't. And yet in 30 days, kind of eating a more pure, healthy from the earth type foods, you were able to start to see some really powerful shifts and changes. And that's incredible because probably well over a decade, maybe more that you were struggling with this. It just really speaks into the power of food as medicine. Absolutely. I could not believe that it could be that profound, the change in me, but I was taught as a ballerina that a calorie is a calorie. And I decided, well, okay, it doesn't matter how, what I eat, as long as I don't eat too much. And therefore I'm just going to eat candy and I'm going to coffee and candy or whatever coffee, candy and cigarettes as like like a young ballerina. That is a ballerina's diet. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I don't know if that's true. No, no. I mean, I do think, I think at the time I was studying ballet so intensively and I worked, I studied with Russians. A lot of them definitely smoked, even in the studio, they were smoking and um, drinking the caffeine and taking the ginseng. And, you know, my body was just robbed, but I didn't understand that it mattered. Uh, There was no awareness around that at the time. So yeah, it was a profound, a profound transformation. And I had a great job before that. So for me to switch, it really meant something. That's crazy. And then also, I just wanted to mention, we were talking about this before we got on the show, when you were on that world tour as a celebrity fitness trainer that you were training JLo and her posse. And so can you just quickly, because I know we're all obsessed with J. well, maybe some of us are obsessed with JLo and Ben right now. And clearly JLo is just on the map for so many people. She's doing all kinds of crazy and amazing things. What was that experience? Mind you, exhausting, I, I'm, I'm, I guess, from being on a massive world tour, but like being a celebrity trainer, like what, how, how was that for you? It is absolutely fascinating. So she was one of several celebrities I worked with under Tracy Anderson, but she's definitely one of my favorites. And on tour, it was out of this world experience. Basically, I just kind of hung out with her and visited the hotels that she did. And we worked out when she felt like it, which was a lot of times, most days of the week, because she's very, very consistent. And then I would warm her up for the shows and I would work with the dancers too and her manager and her boyfriend at the time. And so it was an incredible experience. Like we were talking about before, I got to see the nicest hotels. I think we were in 50 different countries. (laughs) We were in South America. We were in Canada. um, We were in Europe. We were all the way throughout the United States. And so, you know, once in a lifetime opportunity. And she is a woman to respect 
because she treats herself like a queen and there's a reason she looks so good and she's just sure of her worth and gives it everything she's got every single time. So yeah, just, it was a really, really powerful and wonderful experience and it was seven months long. So yes, it was very exhausting, <laughs> but you know, something you just don't turn down. Right. Something you, sometimes you, something you do once if you have that opportunity to do so. And then, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, you have got like what you have created in your company and your business, you know, I'm sure she, you know, seeing that in person would inspire any of us to be like, okay, if, you know, we can do, any of us can do anything. We have a dream. We can make it happen. Absolutely. Right. She was just a girl who came from the Bronx and then look at her now. And yes, yeah, seeing that and how it works kind of behind the scenes and just the fact that your life can look however you want it to look, which is like another one of really the most important things. I think when it comes to mental health and authenticity and getting into touch with what it is that you actually desire and stuff that kind of helped me see like, okay, love this job. Don't want to be at someone's beck and call all the time. Didn't feel like it served me personally for the long term. But yeah, at that time decided, okay, well, what if that's not the end goal for me? What does it look like? And it looked like my company. Hmm, I love that so much. Well, I was thinking about your story, you know, and, and how quick we are to put, especially women, on antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications when it's definitely a different root cause, right? And so I would love for you to speak into, you know, and we know there's so many amazing books out. One of my favorite books is by Dr. Uma Naidu, it's literally your brain on food. I think that's what the book is called. And where we're really beginning to see even a division of like, I want to say it's not even just holistic psychologists, but like nutritional driven psychiatrists. Like we're beginning to see that research. And I'd love for you to speak into, you know, for those who have been told that that is their only option and maybe it doesn't feel like it's really aligning with them. Like maybe they just don't feel super great. They're having crazy side effects and they're thinking to themselves, maybe there's a different way. Maybe there's a way that I can begin to treat whatever's going on with me. Maybe that's related to mental health as well. So what is some of the research that you have been seeing in this tying diet into how we can begin to heal mental health? I love that question. And first, I just want to say that I think it's important for people to understand that a lot of people don't respond well to these antidepressants. And I have family members for whom they are miraculous and they've really helped them. So I just want to say I'm not totally anti. And my mom was a special ed teacher and she, you know, sometimes some kids, some people benefit. But there are a lot of people who don't. And five of the 10 most violence inducing drugs are actually antidepressants. And there's a lot of stories of people for whom it changes them. And that was true for me, which is why I envision a world one day where we have these baseline foundational treatments that are just being researched and we explore them and exhaust them before we move up the ladder. But the research wasn't really working or no one was really looking at it until Dr. Felice Jacka in 2010. And she kind of spearheaded and pioneered this movement and found that in just this simple trial, when women ate more processed foods, they had a 50% increased risk of depression and anxiety. So that was like, okay, that, you know, that was a great preliminary finding. We also know things from like, there was a Norwegian study that looked at a mom's diet during pregnancy was actually able to alter her child's risk for mental health issues even when the child ate good food afterwards in terms of like increasing addictive behaviors and problems with the serotonergic system and serotonin is just our, our feel good neurotransmitter and upregulation of the HPA access, which means they were just kind of primed for stress right out of the womb when a mom ate more processed foods. But, and all of this was kind of just associative, like it looks like this might be connected, but we're not sure that it's causative yet until they did the SMILES trial. And this was the first randomized controlled trial to look at, can dietary therapy be used as an intervention for people who are depressed? They basically used uh, Mediterranean style diets and they found, I believe it was 12 short weeks that even people with major depression had remission. And so the, the researchers were actually very, very impressed. And the thing I think is awesome is this wasn't an individualized approach and this involved dairy and for some people, gluten is an issue. And so I don't even think we fully grasp the power of dietary intervention, especially if it's personalized, but I'm just really, really encouraged by the research and the fact that I used to be talking about this for so long and no one else was. And now it seems like everyone's talking about it and it couldn't make me happier. 
Mm, absolutely. And I agree with you more. The more that we're talking about this, the more that people begin to realize we have, we, we really have solutions at our fingertips that we can do at home. Now, I would love for you to speak into what are three nutrients that you have loved to help support mental health? And I want to get into food as well in just a second, but I'd love to just connect into some of those nutrients as well that you are loving and that also that you guys carry. Oh, the ones that support oh, our products. Oh, yes. I love this. Okay. So one of the first one, and it's not a nutrient, but it is a spice. It's um, turmeric, our turmeric complex. So they did this trial where they took curcumin and they pitted it against Prozac. And what they found was just curcumin, uh, I think alone, 63% efficacy. And whereas the Prozac was about 65%. And then when they combined it, it was about 78%. So not only was turmeric pretty much as effective as Prozac and curcumin specifically, but when they were combined, there was a synergy. So that is really, really cool stuff. Also the organ complex. Now, organ meats are Columbia University just did a wonderful study to look at what are the most mental health protective nutrients? What are the most mental health protective foods? Organ meats are some of the most mental health protective foods. And the sad thing is most people aren't consuming them because there's this ick factor, right? It's like, who wants to eat organs? It's not something that we do culturally anymore, at least here in America, but the B12 in it, the iron in it. And granted, it doesn't have a huge amount of iron, but the fact that it has retinol as well and copper, it's able to help the body use the iron a lot more effectively. And so organ meats, and they're also just gram for gram, literally the most nutrient dense foods on the planet. And the other nutrient I would say that's pretty interesting that we've done for mental health would be, oh, there's two of them, but the essential C complex. So there was an entire review recently. I can definitely give this to everybody. And they just went through every brain-based disorder and what vitamin C could do for that and how effective it is. And this was true for me. I started taking ascorbic acid because I had learned that it's a very important antioxidant for the brain. And in fact, the brain holds on to more vitamin C than any other organ. And when I increased the dose, I notice really profound effects in my mood. It's important for not only antioxidant status in the brain, but also helps to build neurotransmitters and on and on and helps the conversion of certain neurotransmitters. And it's just a very important brain protective nutrient. And most of it, like I said, is made from ascorbic acid, which is derived from genetically modified corn. And so we took three of the most potent natural sources of vitamin C. And one of them in particular, Camu Camu, was actually pitted against ascorbic acid. And it was shown to relieve inflammation and oxidation in a way that synthetic vitamin C did not. So I'm really encouraged. Even synthetic vitamin C has shown to have benefit, but I think the natural vitamin C might have even more benefits. And so I'm really excited about that. I agree. And I've seen that research with natural vitamin C is definitely far superior. And I love that you guys have done such a marvelous job at creating. I take your vitamin C twice a day because I know that we, when we were talking about it, you and I had just had kind of talked about the research in that we use a lot of vitamin C as well. And so having it and taking it a couple times a day is actually quite beneficial. Yes. Most people think that you can only absorb 200 milligrams and it doesn't really matter. But what the research has actually shown is yes, a lower percentage of that will be absorbed after 200 milligrams, but that doesn't mean it won't be absorbed. And so I like to space it throughout the day and kind of animals make their own vitamin C like goats. And we lost that ability somewhere in our evolutionary line, but people kind of mimic the fact that in times of stress and illness, animals will produce a lot more vitamin C. We don't do that. So I kind of mimic it and take it in divided doses throughout the day. And then I increase the dose when I'm sick or feeling run down or just, I had a woman write me the most incredible testimonial the other day saying that she took her vitamin C just because she thought it would help her immune system. And what she noticed was she all of a sudden had this joy and this stable mood come back that she didn't even anticipate could possibly be a side effect of a supplement like that. So I just think vitamin C is very powerful. We're being told to take 75 and 90 milligrams respectively for men and women, but there is research to suggest that is not enough for most people, especially if you're a smoker. I mean, obviously if you're a smoker, if you're a heavy exerciser, if you are sick, I mean, there is one recommendation for everyone and that doesn't make any sense. So tinkering and playing with vitamin C in particular and taking more and spacing it out 
all amazing things that can really be helpful. Yeah. When I think about vitamin C, I know we all think about, you know, we, I mean, when growing up, you and I, right, it was always about terrible orange juice, like full of sugar, orange juice, like you're thinking about where we got vitamin C. Um, and what I have learned over the years in studying vitamin C, not only is it great for neurological health and mental health, and it can really help to support depressive feelings, but also it's incredible for liver detoxification, estrogen detoxification. And what I think about when I think about vitamin C is it's like the duct tape of of vitamins and nutrients. Like it can go in and really kind of clean anything up, you know, especially oxidation and inflammation. And so if there's anything that you take away from this episode today is to get Autumn's Paleo Valley vitamin C because it is (laughs) phenomenal. And we take it, we we take it every day. We take it twice a day. In the morning, if we make do it for breakfast, and then we do it for dinner. I am really consistent with that daily. I love that. And I just want to share a cool study because if anyone's listening to this, there's a trial in anxiety for people. I think it was 500 milligrams of vitamin C was able to reduce anxiety for college students. So yeah, anxiety, if you're depressed, I mean, we're going to talk about it, but yeah, vitamin C is amazing for so many different things. Yeah, I agree. I think we take what we take your we take the amount that you have, but we probably average about a thousand milligrams of vitamin C a day. And that's typically what I'm recommending. Given that it is a water soluble vitamin, I mean you're just gonna send on out what you don't use. And yes, I think people should absolutely play with it, but the majority of us are definitely on the lower side of what we need. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that was a little tangent, a little rabbit hole that we just went down. So I wanted to, <laughs> the next question I wanted to ask you, by the way, girl, I've got a quick fire that we're going to do at the end. I should have told you earlier, but I'm telling you now, I'm super excited about it. What are three things that you wish we would know about the link between diet and mental health? What should we know regarding this connection? Yeah, I think just as it relates to diet, there's three things I always like people to know. And the first one is just, we always think about depression as a brain related condition, but what they're finding now is that it's often rooted in inflammation, right? And that it should be categorized more like an inflammatory disorder, like cancer or heart disease. And they find people who have higher levels of inflammation have more severe depression in like what they call a dose dependent manner, meaning um, there is probably a very clear relationship. And you can actually make animals depressed by creating inflammation and take it away with animals anti-inflammatory. So this is well established, but basically when you're taking an antidepressant or doing some or other conventional sort of therapy, you're not addressing this inflammation. And so if we can instead address the inflammation, um, we could potentially put it into remission. And I think that's exactly what happened to me. So things that I would look for, obviously we learned about it in the Dr. Police jacket trial, processed foods can be inflammatory for so many reasons, but if you're eating a lot of processed foods, I think that's ground zero. I think that's a great place to start, especially soda. They looked at soda in um, many college populations and otherwise, and found that people who drink more soda, unsurprisingly, probably not a good idea. Also gluten is very inflammatory for a lot of people. There are some crazy stories and it can be strictly neurological, meaning you can have no digestive symptoms and your brain can still be under attack from gluten. There's a story of a woman in Portugal. Have you heard this? Mm -mm. It's crazy. So she, I think it was in her forties or fifties. She had led a normal life. And then all of a sudden her kids brought her into a psychiatric unit. She was running naked through the streets and eating bird feces and they couldn't figure out. They did all the normal tests and tried the normal normal therapies and nothing really worked. But luckily she was sent to a dietitian who recognized that she had celiac. They removed the gluten and she returned to her normal self. And she didn't even believe that it could be possible. So she went back to eating gluten. And when she did, she went back to the street, was begging for food again. For some people, and this isn't true for everyone, but gluten is definitely inflammatory. It it inflames the gut of whoever consumes it. It just kind of depends on how much um, leeway you have there and what else you're doing probably. Dairy also, there's an A1 and an A2 dairy trial going on. So for some people who don't know A1 and A2 dairy, they just break down into different proteins. Essentially, there's one called beta casomorphine 7 that A1 dairy breaks into. It's kind of nerdy. But if you stick to like goat's milk or sheep's milk or A2 dairy, that might be helpful. But for a lot of people, you just need to remove gluten and dairy anyway. And then another one would be things like alcohol. Sad to say it. I know I'm not going to be popular with anyone because of this stance, but it causes blood sugar swings, neurotransmitter depletion, inflammation. And I know I used it heavily for my social anxiety, heavily but I think it's something to at least experiment with bringing out of your diet. So depression, 
can be involved with inflammation. And also you have your own food sensitivities. I don't know how much food sensitivity testing, but for me, it's garlic. Garlic doesn't work for me. And so identifying yours could be good. The second thing is blood sugar imbalances. And I'm wearing this continuous glucose monitor right now. And so I've been doing a lot of testing. And I think this was probably the biggest step. I was drinking energy drinks and eating suckers and candy and smoking. And I was riding this roller coaster all day long. And what we know, it's pretty clear people who have depression have a higher or diabetes. And that means uncontrolled blood sugar levels for a very long time often have higher rates of depression. They've even looked at in a study to correlate what particular feelings and states were associated with high blood sugar. And it was often anger and restlessness and with low blood sugar or hypoglycemic conditions, it was anxiety. And so if we can just learn, stabilize our blood sugar, I'm sure you've talked about this a lot, but what I've noticed from this testing is protein, either eat it before a meal, eat it with a meal. It changes the game for pretty much everyone. Protect your breakfast, at least, at least start your day with protein and fat watch definitely like sugary drinks, even fruit smoothies can just mess up your blood sugar. I just put two um, greens powders together the other day and some resistant starch and I drank it and it really put my blood sugar out of the normal range. Had I just taken some protein together, that would have been better. But, and then also something like apple cider vinegar can help you kind of prime the body for, if you're going to go out and have a carbohydrate meal, you can take some apple cider vinegar. We made a complex for it. That's going to mitigate the blood sugar response putting in movement, an after-meal walk. Also just the order. If you consume your protein and fat first and your carbohydrates last, that improves your blood sugar stability. So there's a lot you can do, but you're just going to feel so much more stable if you can do that. And basically the last one was about something we just kind of touched on. And there's a really cool exercise called chronometer or software called chronometer. Have you heard of this? Mm -mm, I have not. I have a CGM on as well. (laughs) Oh, you do? Oh, I can't wait. Tell us about some of your findings. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, you nailed so many of them just now. And then the other thing I think a lot of people don't realize is that we are way more insulin resistant at night, especially us as women. And so I'm not sure if you've noticed this, Autumn Honey, like you can eat the same thing in the morning and the same thing in the evening and have a major shift in your blood sugar. Let's let's say it spikes to 95 milligrams per deciliter in the morning. It may jump to 130. Same food, same thing, everything. 130 milligrams per deciliter. So for us as women in particular, you know, when we become more insulin resistant in the evening, late night snacking, oh my goodness, it can be such a detriment, not only to our emotional well-being, but our sleep and our focus. And then you'll see the next morning on that CGM that your blood sugar is still, still trying to work itself out. That is so true because the other night I had to eat in the middle of the night, which isn't often, but I'm just like, oh, if I'm hungry and I wake up, I just did it. And yeah, that whole next day, I really had a hard time. And it's funny because I've done the testing in both phases of my menstrual cycle too. And in that second phase, in the luteal phase, my blood sugar is far less stable too. So yeah, it's just interesting. We need to be a little less, you know, yeah, we just need to be a little more careful. Yeah, I did a full episode on that. Oh, you did? Yes, how our menstrual cycle affects our blood sugar metabolism and our insulin. I would a deep dive, girl, because women, we don't know. And then it's that time of the month where we want the sugar carbs. We want the carby stuff and we don't realize and we want it at night. So not only are we insulin resistant just naturally because of our cycle, but then we are also more insulin resistant at night. And that's the time when we're digging into the Ben and Jerry's or we're digging into the to coconut bliss or whatever we're eating. And oh, it's like a double whammy. And it's like the more we know this, the better we can prepare our bodies just knowing our cycle. But yes, talk about I'm so sorry about the app that I don't know anything oh, about. Oh, no, I'm going to go there. But I have to add two quick things. Like one of the best things I've found is just 14 hours for me without food is really helpful for keeping my blood sugar. I've just noticed if I give myself that break, it's it, things just go better in terms of my blood sugar response. And the second thing is caffeine. Love it. And I would have anticipated that it was going to reduce my blood sugar. But since I've added it in it, it raises it a little bit. But they shouldn't drink it. It Girl, it doesn't for me. It it doesn't. No, I wasn't. I was so ready for it because I had had so many friends of mine who put the CGMs on other women's hormone practitioners. And they were like my express, my espresso in the morning, my Americano in the morning. They were like, it raises it up. And so the first, cause I've now, this is my third month wearing one. And I have been drinking coffee with girl. I am getting like five to six hours of sleep at night with this baby. And so I am like, put it in my system. Like just put a drip system in and of, 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 
caffeine and it is it is not. I wake up with a fasting blood sugar levels around 75 milligrams per deciliter and girl, I have that coffee and it does not change. And I don't know when it will, but it hasn't yet. So I'm going to keep riding that train. No, I think you should. And I took a six year hiatus while I was breastfeeding for a very long time. And I've just recently added it back in and I'm like, what was I doing? Like, why? Because there's so many benefits. And in the literature for like mental health stuff, it's pretty interesting because if you are of the anxiety prone nature and, and that's how I was when I decided to cut it, I was like this at this time, not working for me. And it seems to prime the, the brain for a little more anxiousness if you are of that type. But if you are depressed and you have attentional stuff, it's amazing, right? It can give you that get up and go. And it also helps me focus. So yeah, I think caffeine, if you can do it, that's amazing. And it's a very modest increase for me. It's just something that I noticed. And it's probably because I haven't used it for years and years and years. And I just started. Yeah, that makes so much sense. (laughs) I'm so glad we talked about that. And how long have you been wearing the CGM so far? A couple weeks? Um, This is my second week. Yeah. And I'm just so excited to keep it on forever. But, But the biggest finding for me is that I don't have to be as restrictive as I thought I did. I, you know, know that I don't do well with a lot of carbs, but with this, these just simple levers I can pull, like pairing protein, moving after a meal, using apple cider vinegar, I can really get away with a lot. And maybe that's because I've been eating the way I have for a while, but I just, I just feel this sense of like, oh, wow, cool. I can have the bun with my burger sometimes. It's good. It's all good. And the chocolate sometimes. It's a gluten-free bun. (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, now to chronometer or... Yes, yes, yes. Well, Alex just put his on yesterday. I put it on him last night because finally I was like, it's accountability, buddy. It's time for you to do it. But I'll be honest with you, girl, at 41, I don't have as much wiggle room. And I don't know if it's if it's my metabolism or my genetics. I have a predisposition to type 2 diabetes. So many people in my family have it. But I, girl, that bun, I'll tell you what, I'm putting that on lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And I did that for years. And what I do is try one bun and sometimes two patties. That's how I had it. With the two patties, we were golden. But you're right. I think I understand a lot of things that I'm kind of like making amends for and like adding in that would help that. But yeah, I totally get it. But you know, you're, you, yeah, your recommendations were so on point. And that's why I was like the late night eating, who's taking a walk after eating, you know, some ice cream at 11 o'clock at night? None of us are. It's kind of like, I always think about, I'm doing an episode on late night eating. That's why it's, it's a top of my conversation. But I noticed so many of us, that's when the weight will start to come on. That's when the inflammation starts to happen. It's one of those little tweaks, if we can make it, can make a massive shift in our emotional well-being, our mental well-being, and honestly, our metabolism. But I, it's, it reminds me of like, if you're ever going to the ATM, like past 11 o'clock, like whatever you're pulling money out for is not, is not a good thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so, same thing. Thing. Like if you're going to the fridge after like 9 p.m., it's probably you're not pulling out a protein snack. You know, it's it's, it's definitely <laughs> definitely not, definitely not. But you're right. So many of the women I work with too. It's like that's the only time we might have to ourselves where we can actually eat in peace <laughs> and try and relax. But it's true. If you can just carve out that time a little earlier in the day, in two or three hours before bed, you just like have a like a strict no eating policy things definitely go better. So I love that. I love that you've been experimenting too. And I highly recommend these CGMs to anyone. I know some people think that they will hurt, but I can literally smack mine and I shower with mine. There is no pain or, um, discomfort at all. I know. I just, I just put it on into Alex literally at seven o'clock last night. And he's like, don't, don't hurt. I'm like, it doesn't hurt. And I just went, I just, and it just, and he's like, oh, it's in, it's already in. And anyway, so I just speaking into that. And I know that right now that they can be expensive and, and that, you know, unless you have type one or type two diabetes, doctors aren't, aren't giving prescriptions for them. But I know that that is going to change and that it's going to change very, very quickly. And so I just wanted to just mention that because I know there's been a lot of interest I've been talking a lot about continuous glucose monitors and, and and metabolism on the show. And I've had so many people reaching out to me about like, when do we get them? They're becoming more and more. They're, they're, I would say in the next year or two, many of us will be able to get them at a really cheap price. And we're not going to, we're not going to need our doctor's script for it. And hopefully that changes the way that medicine sees our, our me- metabolic conditioning and metabolic flexibility. Because if, if over, over a third of us in this country have type 2 diabetes or prediabetes and 88% of us have metabolic dysfunction, we've got to do something different. And then the mental health piece to it and all, I mean, all of this ties in everything that we're talking about today. Yeah. Which one are are you doing? Nutrisense? 
I'm doing, um, I have levels and actually I have the, the, I, I was using the Libre, which was on my arm, but I just moved the Dexcom G6, which is on my stomach, which I literally just put on two days ago. Girl, it is weird to have like a device on your stomach, but supposedly it's more accurate and I don't have to scan it. It's just always pairing to my phone. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, chronometer, chronometer. So it's like this software because I work with a lot of women who are like, I'm doing all the right things. I'm not eating processed foods, but nutrient deficiency is, is a huge deal. 95% of us are deficient in at least one nutrient. And when I work with women, it's, it's a few nutrients for sure. For everyone. Soils are depleted. Gut health's an issue, blah, blah, blah. Stress. Girl, we are running on, let's be honest, women are constantly going from one thing to the next. We are literally in depletion mode. Yes. We are, we are literally like, oh, you just took some vitamin C? Let me, give it to me. Give it to me. Let me use it right now. You just took some magnesium? Girl, I needed that yesterday. Like that is your body literally every day. Like, oh, I am. I, need, I needed that three days ago. I'm going to use it all. So yeah, we're super depleted. Yeah. Especially if you're coming out a child, like you just had a baby. Imagine like, you know, yes, that's another one of those life events that can just. Girl, I am, I am in a state of depletion. <laughs> well, you don't look it, you don't sound like it, but I'm just assuming. <laughs> Thank you, girl. It's because you're keeping me well, res- well resourced, well nutrient up. <laughs> I am so, oh my gosh. And you can, of course, I'm sure you do a lot of nutrient testing in your practice, but you can also do this, this software. It's just like my fitness pal, but it, um, shows you all of the vitamin A, the micronutrients, as well as the macronutrients. So you can literally find your nutrient gaps and then it's fun. It becomes an adventure. You learn about the different foods, just trying to fill those nutrient gaps. And then it becomes a game every day. Like, oh my gosh, can I get all the nutrients I'm supposed to get? Because I work with women they're doing the right things. They're eating whole foods and they are so deficient almost across the board, particularly in protein. Oh my goodness. People are afraid of it in particular animal protein. I was at a barbecue the other week and they were like, Oh, we're not going to have animal products. It's, It's not a good look. Oh my goodness. That is very scary to me because one thing we know from Dr. Felice Jacka's research is grass fed red meat is one of the most mental health protective foods. Again, that Columbia research oysters, clams, sardines, poultry giblets, organ meats. These are all some of the most mental health protective foods. And so hundred grams of protein, at least I see most women also just vitamin B12, magnesium for anxiety and depression. Not only do you see deficiency associated with an increased risk, but you've seen, we see trials where you give them magnesium and it improves both in anxiety and depression, the B vitamins, omega-3 fatty acids. This is really interesting. And a lot of people think the DHA, there's two EPA and DHA is the more brain protective, but in the research, I find at least a gram of EPA has worked as well as some antidepressants. So your fish again, amazing. But yeah, if you can just identify where your nutrient gaps are in your diet and then figure out how to craft your own personalized nutrient repleted diet, um, it's a pretty amazing eye-opening and awakening exercise that I have a lot of people do. And just so that you know, in terms of like the animal foods, most nutrient dense, we already talked about, but for the plant-based versions, it's your green veggies, it's your colorful veggies, and it's your vitamin C rich foods. So it's like watercress and spinach and kale and mustard and turnips and lettuces, which is why almost every day I have this gigantic green shake with all of those and the vitamin C. And it's kind of like my happy juice, I call it. So if you can get your greens, your fish and your organ meats and your grass-fed red meats, um, those are some of the biggest bangs for your buck in terms of increasing nutrient um, density of your diet. Cause they have, I just want to share one more case study. This was so fascinating to me. There's this lifelong vegetarian lady and she came in, she was suffering from depression and eventually it worsened. And then she became catatonic where she was just like not moving or not being responsive at all. And again, they tried traditional therapies, electroconvulsive therapy, And it wasn't until she was transferred to a hospital and found to be deficient in B12. You know, B12 is so important for the brain. A lot of times you're going to go to a doctor and not be found in the deficient range, even though you might be. And so it's just make sure that you understand your nutrient status before you have to resort to other things, other potentially more dangerous interventions. Hmm, I agree. And I find that so many of us are not even just B12 deficient, but folate deficient, B6 deficient, choline deficient. And so, you know, I, I, if you're, and a lot of this, you know, we're just not getting enough from food. So I always recommend taking a methylated or activated B vitamin complex just to make sure that you're covering your bases. 
especially for us as women, especially our reproductive system, we just desperately need to make sure that we're getting these, these activated B vitamins. Yeah. And that's what we're depleting when we're stressed. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Yeah. Magnesium. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just the thing. And then vitamin D as well. And I love that you've spoken to omegas. I think people don't realize how how deficient we are in our omega-3s. And it's it's really easy to be able to get those taken care of, whether you're having like salmon three times a week or you're taking like we take, we, I, we take, I think, close to 2,000 units of omegas every single day. Yeah, I do the um, cod liver oil and I do a tablespoon rather than a teaspoon. And it ends up living around like two and a half, three grams. There was an interesting, another piece of research that people who took three grams, and that's a, a very large dose. And this was an, an elderly population, but people who did that had better cognitive function after a year of that. So yeah, I don't think we understand fully and you don't want to be getting rancid fish oil. So be careful with the source for sure. But yeah, it can be very powerful. And I was someone who hated sardines for the longest time. But the more I go back and try them again, it's kind of, is a great little snack. something I've totally gotten into in oysters too, but it isn't something I always wanted to do, but I've, I've noticed how much better I feel and how much my HRV increases when I eat them. And so I'm, I'm really trying and it's working so far. I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah. Sardines are good, especially with lemon. You know, um, we went to Italy a couple years back and this one particular little fishing town, that was what was their thing is sardines and lemon. And um, we really fell in love with that. And so there's lots of ways to make it taste delicious. But again, you just make sure that you're sourcing your omegas and figuring out what works best for you. All right. Adam, honey, I want to jump into the quick fire questions. Are you ready, hon? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. There are five of them. Here we go. Number one, what is one thing that you are deeply grateful for right now? Mm. Oh, my boys, my husband and my son. It's just every day. Yes. Oh, mm. what was something you've done that made you feel extremely happy in the last week? Mm. Mm. I think it was just the simplicity of last night. I lived by my sister. We've always had this dream to raise our children together. And my husband actually ended up being on the news yesterday in Denver, which was really cool. And we went into Boulder and just had this little mini happy hour celebration with all of our kids and my family. And I just felt this like joy that I hadn't felt in a long time. Mm, that sounds so beautiful. What a beautiful day. Oh my goodness. Congrats to that. What is one thing that surprises people about you? <laughs> I think that I have such a tumultuous past. I mean, I was kicked out of my parents' house before I even graduated high school. A lot of my friends went to jail. I have a dark, dark past. And so for me to found an organic food company, it surprises the heck out of pretty much everyone that I grew up with. And I think most people who don't know me. I love it. Thanks for sharing. I definitely did not know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What book or film have you recently watched that had a really big or, or read that had a big impact on you and why? Mm. Oh, there's been so many good ones lately. Lately, I've really been into documentaries and there's two that have been so impactful for me. First is Us Kids. And it was just, have you seen that one? Mm -mm. It was just about the school shooting in Parkland, Florida, and how these kids took it upon themselves to become activists and just their story. And it was beautiful, as well as the octopus teacher. Have you seen that one? Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. Incredible. Oh my gosh. Oh. I know. I tell everyone about it. It's so moving and to see the relationship they cultivated and just to like witness the intelligence and beauty of things you don't often see. It was amazing. I can't recommend it highly enough. Mm, I agree with you there. Yes, I have seen that. It's amazing. I'll definitely check out the other one too. All right, last one. Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? Mm. Everything's going to be okay. You are different and you might feel like you stick out, but there's a place for you and there is something special you have to offer and you're going to find that. And I hope everyone finds that. Yes, we all have it, right? Oh, I love that message to, to your 18-year-old self. So, so powerful. All right, Adam, honey, where can we, girl, where can we check you out personally? Because you are so lovable and you're just such a wealth of information. But also then, where can we, I know that I probably have, um, I don't know if I have a code, but I will we'll definitely be putting the link into for Paleo Valley and Wild Pastures. But talk a little bit about the companies and where we can find you. 
Okay. Awesome. So you can always reach out to me at autumn at paleovalley.com. I welcome any and all feedback, whether it be good, bad, whatever I'm open and transparent. And you can also check us out at paleovalley.com. This is the company that I originally founded with my, my husband and my brother-in-law and other family members. And we just provide superfood bars and grass-fed beef sticks, all regeneratively sourced, meaning only from farms that are improving the ecosystem, improving the soil health, and also other things like greens powders that don't have cereal grasses and a bone broth protein powder. And we talked about our turmeric and our organ complex, lots of supplements. And then we have regenerative meat delivery service called Wild Pastures, because as a holistic nutritionist, I would tell people to get you know, the best quality meat that they could afford. And they weren't often able to find regeneratively raised beef. And then when they did, they couldn't afford it. So we decided to connect the farmers to the consumers. So we literally bring regeneratively raised beef, chicken and pork and fish, which is obviously wild to your doorstep for wholesale prices. And that's just wildpastures.com. Yay. Thank you so much for sharing. I will have the links. We love to support you. We love to share your products with our community. And I'm just so grateful that I got to have this beautiful conversation with you today. Thank you, honey. Thank you for having me. You are amazing. One of my favorites in the wellness space. So it was an honor. I absolutely love the idea of optimizing your mental health with food. It gives me so much hope that we can make a massive change by simply making smart choices with our fork every single day. Now, sometimes we need a little bit of a boost in that direction, but overall, it's about voting with our fork and what we put in our mouth. Now, if you've been feeling more anxious lately and you want to use food to boost your mood, I highly recommend some of the habits that Autumn shared with us today. And if you want to take it a step further, I feel like nutrients are a major way to help supplement what our body and our brain needs. So check out the supplements that we talked about that Paleo Valley has, the vitamin C, the turmeric. She's got some incredible supplement line that is really going to make a big difference. We take them, so I know you're going to love them. The NeuroFuel is also a great one. And honestly, I can't say enough about the Paleo Valley beef sticks. I literally just ate one before recording this episode. They are that good. Now, the link for all the supplements and the beef sticks that we talked about on the show will be in the show notes for this episode, episode 306. And... I have a discount code, woo-woo. So the discount promo code for this is gonna be Dr. Marisa 15 We're gonna have that in the show notes as well, so no worries. Um, and you can go and grab what feels good for you. Thank you so much for listening today on the Essentially You podcast. This show, as you know, is about providing tools to rock your hormones and feel amazing in your body. So if there's someone in your life that needs to hear this today, take a moment, screenshot the episode, send it on over to them, or share it on social media. And if you're going to share it on social, definitely hashtag hormone literacy or hormone CEO. Now, coming up this Friday, I am getting back into sugar because so many of you have reached out to me and asked, how do I stop the blood sugar spikes? And so I'm going to be sharing the top five hacks to block blood sugar spikes and to reduce inflammation, keep your insulin happy and keep your liver happy as well. So I will see you on Friday. Until then, happy fall and have a wonderful week. 